Hello, friends. Hello, brothers. This is Justin Jones, founder and co-host of the Masonic Improvement Movement. I am joined with my uh, co-host, Right Worshipful Dennis Yates. And we have a very special guest this evening. We have the Jarl of York Rite himself, companion <laughs> Jeff Bennett. How are you, Jeff? I'm great. Actually, 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 I'm excellent. Excellent. Most excellent. Just excellent. Just excellent right now. Not not right or very or most. Just excellent. Jeff, uh, glad you glad you came on the show because we we very rarely talk York Rite Masonry, and it's and it's really to the detriment of our fraternity because we we really should pay more homage to the York Rite fraternity, especially in in Texas. Being that it's such a big part of our our Blue Lodge uh, degree work, so I'm glad you're on, and, and I'm excited for this this program, and and I'm glad for the 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 viewers to get to learn a little bit about you as well. Absolutely. Uh, before we get rolling with the with the actual interview, just some just some quick housekeeping things things that, things that I would like to address. Uh, first of all. I was looking at our numbers and 64% of our viewers are not subscribed to our YouTube channel. And as it is right now, it's a, it's a very high percentage. And as it is right now, we are sitting at 10,920 ish subscribers and it's no big deal. Just to, just to reach over there and click that subscribe button. So if you have been listening for a while, if you enjoy the content, if you want to stay plugged in and, and continue to be updated when new content comes out, please be sure just to take a quick second, click down in the bottom right corner, click subscribe. That way you can follow everything that's going on. Also, we have a new member of the Masonic Improvement Movement. His name is Brother, well, I assume he's a brother. His name is Grady Johnson. Grady, thank you so much for for your support for our channel. It really helps us to grow and to continue to improve the content that we deliver. So thank you so much for that. If you are not a member yet, uh, there is a, a, a join button right by the subscribe button. Consider uh, joining and becoming a member. Every every contribution you can make helps us to grow, helps to spread the message and improve the fraternity, improve the channel. That said, I don't have any more housekeeping, so let's just get right into it. Yes, let's do. Jeff, I gotta say, we have been we have been talking about doing this for quite a while. Uh, our conversation, and and like you said, we we talk about Blue Lodge all the time. We've talked about Scottish Rite quite a bit, uh, but we haven't really focused on um, what are traditionally considered like the York Rite bodies, uh, aside from Blue Lodge. Uh, that is like the chapter and the council and the commandery. And so this opportunity is, is really important to me because I am, I mean, I'm, I'm very heavily involved in the chapter and council at my home lodge. And uh, uh, there's a huge amount of value to be gained by going through the chapter and council and commandery degrees. So I'm really glad we can, we can set aside some time and, and just really hone in on this. I'm excited too. Um, I I focused about the last four years. We'll get into that, but the last four years uh, after being uh, a member for over two decades. 
So very, very much a, a huge part of my life for, for a very long, long time. Jeff, what got you into the fraternity? Well, there's always that family connection. And for me, that would be my maternal grandfather. His last name is Brunk, which you may recognize that in the state of Texas. Uh, Sounds familiar. I have a first cousin uh, that's currently the most illustrious grandmaster of the Grand Council of Rural and Select Masters of, of Texas, which is one of the three major statewide organizations that uh, governs the York Reich mm-hmm. uh, in Texas, the Purple Jacket guys. And uh, then my uncle, he uh, serves us. His name is Barry Brunk. He serves us mm-hmm. senior, actually. I've he met him a few times. As, yep. He serves us uh, as one of our committee on work members. He is a right excellent, right illustrious uh, member of that group, which helps to maintain the ritualistic standards of the uh, chapter and council degrees, the opening ceremonies, and, and just overall, the uh, just like the committee on work would do in the Grand Lodge. But he's a member of uh, a team of six, and along with uh, I think 27 district instructors now. It's kind of it's kind of all that, and he's uh, he's been involved with that for for several years. So nice. Uh, and so that's where it comes from. My papa always had on his double, double eagle Scottish right ring. He was a big Shriner. Uh, the, there's some guys down in Henderson where I grew up. And uh, actually, I'm involved in a Blue Lodge in a, in a chapter down there. Uh, and one of the main people of that, uh, he, he, he and I had known each other for years because we would be at the, uh, the airport, the little small airport in Henderson on Sunday afternoons while the Russ County Shrine Club mini patrol would uh, work on their formations before parade season. And so uh, (laughs) I was out there probably very important seven, eight years of age and sitting on a tailgate drinking a Dr. Pepper probably, you know, and and so uh, um, that that's kind of where, where it all started. My papa was always involved with things, you know, he died in 1990. We'll go into that a little bit more. Was was past master of his lodge in 1955. Uh, joined in 1950 after coming back from World War II, and mm. so he it was a very much a part of his life. He uh, he owned his own small business and went out and checked charts in the te- East Texas oil field and would regularly, especially on the weekends, would take in like a lot of times law enforcement or you know other other jo- people jobs that professions that people have. He took people along with him and taught them their proficiencies while riding in a, pick, a Ford pickup truck. Very cool. The nice. back roads of East Texas, uh, yes. a certificate holder. So that's 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 the that heritage for me. Mm-hmm. The other thing that sparked my interest in Freemasonry was I, at 20 years of age, I was at Stephen F. Austin State University in Nacogdoches, Texas. And Very spring, good school. Spring, spring rush came around and... Uh, uh, in defiance of my dad, who was not a Mason, was not in a college fraternity, I uh, went through Rush with the support of my mom. She said he'll understand some at some point. And, uh, <laughs> and so I, I, I'm a member of Kappa Alpha Order and uh, was also an officer and was part of the philanthropy fundraising chairman. So I, I, I've known how to be a, I guess for 30 years of my life, I've been involved as a fraternity member and an officer, committee chairman you know, those kind of things from the very beginning. So whenever I got out of college and we settled down here in Arlington, it's where my wife 
originally grew up. Um, I actually interacted with some some KAs um, one night, and I was about 28 years of age. And so this is probably 97, 98, somewhere in there. And they kind of, I mentioned something about my, my papaw being a past master in Freemasonry and some of these things that I knew, inherited several of his items because my mom just knew I was going to be a Mason someday. And uh, like her dad. And so um, they said, well, well, they didn't ask me to join. They said, why haven't you done it yet? And what's holding you back and everything. And, and they, they gave me a great, way to help other people and mm -hmm. that's whenever you're over here and several hours away or a certain distance away or even you know in the metroplex justin knows this from going from one side to the other and, and you get approached by that guy and he's like oh well i live over here in plano or something and you're like yeah you'll never really be active in arlington let's find you a great let's find you a plano lodge or allen lodge or Mm -hmm. Yes, we're, we're right where, where you live. So it's right there and you're active. Yeah. And so that's what I did. I came back to Arlington where, I, where I've lived since 1997 and uh, walked in the door. They, they gave me this is what you need to do. You're going to get a petition and uh, walked in the door. And Bob Collier, I don't know if you've ever if you knew him or not. He was our grand treasurer of the Grand Commandery at the time. Very, uh, very active in Freemasonry. And um, he just kind of took me underneath his wing, signed my petition, helped me get a second line signer. And then uh, my Uncle Barry, Russell Clay Brown, and a guy named John Waldy, who had been to D. Malay and a member. He also was a member of Arlington Lodge, along with John Hughes, all signed my petition. So uh, very nice. It, it, right there from the beginning, I had some great mentors right off the bat. Yeah. And, and, and at the same time, you know, we always talk about mentorship, but we don't talk about how how that relates back to expectations and, and, and that mentorship came with a price, but it was a healthy. That's peer right. Pressure. That's right. That's and, one of the most important things about mentorship. And, and so, you know, Bob kept, kept in touch with me and did all the things a mentor is supposed to do, you know, and, and everybody else that signed my petition too and kept, kept up with me. And then my wife's uncle on, on her side of the family is also a Mason. So pretty much all, all throughout, that whole took me about six months to become a master mason uh actually this is my what 23rd year uh as of august of becoming an ea so um i would if you had talked to me 20 something 23 years ago i'd be a, a fellow craft moving towards my uh master's degree in november nice of 1999 very nice and so uh that was uh that's the um that's when i joined uh, 2006 I served as master, but before that, Justin, I served as commander in 2004 and uh, high priest and thrice illustrious master in, in the years. I think I think I overlapped in 2006 or so with uh, being thrice illustrious master and worshipful master. And I was cub. I was cub master. Of <laughs> and everybody's like, oh, my gosh, you're so busy. And I said, well, it's great because everybody's on my schedule. So I have the right have a calendar for everything. Yeah. So it, really, it was really easier for me nice. to do that. So Arlington yeah, that Lodge, helped transition to Yeah. And I walked into Arlington Lodge and at that point in time, I bet you we had somewhere between well, sometimes there were 100 over 100 people if it was a special occasion with a district deputy or scholarships or something like that, eating the 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 pre-meeting meal and so we've got a pretty nice size lodge room 
and, and it was pretty full. So, but it was always a, a great experience. And then I never was really told that I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Here I am, like in my twenties, my, my mid to late twenties, early thirties, when I walked in the door and, you know, it was so encouraging and it, and, and it was so, um, not saying that we all got along and everybody held hands and we sang Kumbaya, but I mean, it was a very positive experience and there was enough people there that even if there were some people that maybe had some resistance, I met with some resistance. There was a whole other group of people that were mentoring me and making sure, I mean, uh, James Kirkpatrick actually taught me most of my proficiency work along with the teaching committee that we have there. So James, there was always James Kirkpatrick. Huh? You said James Kirkpatrick. James Delkert Patrick. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go ahead and yeah. So he and I've done done. He'll do anything years. for a taco. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, he didn't use many tacos up until about 2008, and there's a reason for that. But yeah, um, so uh, but uh, now it, it's always been a real positive place, and and there's a lot of uh, I'll just say very active, very high profile Masons going back to Jim Ward, uh, Billy Melton. And, and a lot of others that, have, that were there whenever I came in the door and just every one of them took me underneath their wing and said, hey, you know, this is the way we do things around here. Mm-hmm. And it was a very positive thing. But at the same time, if I wanted to do some, if I wanted to say, hey, let's keep the, the, the old traditions, but let's tweak it and do this. So um, it, it was very good. So that's, that's how I got here. Um, K.A., going back to that, is 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 was written, the ritual was written by two master masons and knowing the ritual, uh, like I do, they were also, uh, chapter, Royal Arch chapter companions as well as Knights Templars also. I don't know if we have documented proof on that, but, but we, we do know you can see that manifest in, in that degree work. So without giving away any of the, uh, the secrets there. So. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you, you've already touched in on what we normally ask other people, and that is, you know, how did the reality, you know, set in? You, you pretty much touched on that. But g- let's go back just a second, if, uh, if, if we will. When, so you, you had those reasons for joining Freemasonry. What about going into the chapter and council? What drove you to do that? Was it somebody oh. telling you, or was oh, it your so- actual desire to, to learn this stuff? It was my most ardent desire. Yes, it was actually. Uh, but you know, I, um, that question's in there though. How did it compare with your expectations? Um, I, I, I was raised a master Mason, November of 1999, finished the all program, finished my proficiency and was, um, exalted, greeted and, um, uh, what is I'm trying to think of what a Knights Templar uh, knighted, I guess, would be the best way yes. to say it. Yes. Um, Invested in 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 the uh, 2000, the first uh, York Rite Festival in Fort Worth in February of 2000, and so there was an opportunity and conversations about the York Rite. Going back to my college fraternity, it was based on Knights Templarism and same, a lot of the same symbolism, the Blue Lodge and uh, Knights Templar was, was there. And so I knew that there was a Masonic Knights Templar. We had the internet back then. Mm-hmm. 
Dennis, you know, back in the day, actually, James, yeah, actually, pro- probably James Kirkpatrick is is one of the. This biggest. was that was that was fifty six k era right there. That was yeah, that was yeah, it was some stuff. Commodore some something or some yeah, you know, some TRS eighties <laughs> or something. No, but but seriously, between James Kirkpatrick, uh, he was our webmaster back then of Arlington Lodge. So as I'm trying to find out stuff and get information and and read things there, and then there's a guy named Dan Pucci, which I'm a buddy with now. He's a part of uh, the Grand Encampments. Uh, he's the one that has YorkRight.org, and he's been on there since the okay. the uh, the early '90s, maybe in the '80s. I have to go back and look. But anyway, I, I just started researching all that and looking at all, you know, and 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 just hours and hours and hours researching and and looking at websites and going, okay, I don't know what night, a night mason is, so I go in and I would read that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what a AMD. I don't know what I'll have a Masonic degree. So I, I was getting fed all that. And then it's also available for me to pursue those paths in the York, right? In the building that I'm in, the schedule is set up. The calendar is all set up that, you know, for me, I have to stop and think, Oh, wait a minute. You're, 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 yeah. Okay. You're a member of this blue lodge and it's over here at this building and they're kind of doing this thing. And then we have, you have your chapter and council over here and you have your commandery. Maybe, you know, I know I I don't have that. I, you know, the, the, or at least my original, Groups, I don't have that. Uh, everything's from one end of the hall to the other. We have two different lodge rooms. Well, I, I don't think you can have a mentor like James Kirkpatrick and be in Arlington Lodge, which is like a it, the Chapter Council. There are, are huge driving forces of Yorkrite in, in Texas, and so how could you be associated with that well, and not go Yorkrite? Let's go back. I might be James's mentor because I actually <laughs> sat in. I sat in our Chapter Council in our commandery on the same night when we used to meet all three mm-hmm. and I actually that his name came up for a vote and I actually voted for that. Then the oh. next night. So, so we had, we meet on the second Monday and the second Tuesday and I'll tell this, this story because I tell him, I remind him all the time and it's kind of one of, one of our set mm-hmm. things that we mm-hmm. talk about, especially in front of other people as we <laughs> kind of do our, our whole comedy routine, the two of us. Uh, but, but I always tell him, you know, I allowed you into my chapter of my council and my <laughs> commander. And I said, the thing that scared me the, the most, James, is that I had to stop and I had a pause before I voted in the affirmative. And he looks at me, he looks at me and I go, yeah, I, I had to think about for the next, maybe, I don't know how many years of how many decades of my life, multiple decades of my life, I was going to be standing within arm's length of you and a sword. Strong. <laughs> <laughs> And and that's a big that's a big you know but but, it, but I was like you know he he had done the Blue Lodge and he had actually been very active in the Scottish Rite he joined that first mm-hmm. and then uh, decided it was time to join the York Rite which I was very happy about and and we've we've done a lot of things together I was his senior deacon in the Blue Lodge when I was going through the chairs and and all those type of things so um, a lot a lot of things a lot, lot lot of great a lot of great guys you know companions brethren at, at Arlington mm-hmm. Lodge. And then our, our our Blue Lodge is also very active in Fort Worth Scottish Rite also. Um, uh-huh. So we, we kind of have it all settled, you know, second Monday, second Tuesday, third third Monday, third Thursday are kind of the, you know, with the degree work thrown in there as needed. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're always, um, I think since about 1999, I think we've averaged probably 10 to 15 to 20 master masons raised a year and in all that time. 
So if you do that, you got to think about that being a funnel. And so we, we've probably done something like maybe 15 to 20 entered apprentice, you know, and then 10 plus, um, anyway, so we'll see. Wow. Days. So that, that makes you sharp on the degree work. Along well, yeah, that's understandably. That, that's pretty similar to, to how it was for me up in McKinney. When, when I joined there, they, you know, they've been a Vanguard lodge for years and years and they have one of the strongest, you know, commanderies, chapter council and commanderies up in, in the Northwest Texas area, you know, up in Collin County. And, um, it was kind of the same thing. And then of course my, my, uh, mother's maiden name was York. And so I definitely felt that, that draw to, you know, just be a part of it. You know, it, though it, it probably doesn't have a whole lot to do with it. It doesn't, but it just made me kind of want to do it a little bit more. And, and so it, but I was fortunate to be in a lodge that, that had those opportunities as well. And, you know, to be honest, I haven't moved my membership down here yet because I just haven't found that same uh, that kind same zeal for for the institution that I had there, and it's and it's real hard to for me to uh, tie into something that that doesn't excite me. I I, I enjoy Freemasonry and and try to make it enjoyable. But there has to be something going on for me to learn from before I really get excited about it. Mm. So, so going back to the reality of Freemasonry, whenever I went through college stuff, had already, you know, run run basically a a, a fraternal group, right? I've been, you know, secretary of of, of my chapter, um, and and so for me. I came in and, and Blue Lodge just runs a little bit different. You own a building and we own, we own a building to the fraternity chapter, but there was just some, and, and, it, and, it, and there was a long line too. I mean, back then you had to start as like a junior steward. Well, I, at that point I worked out at Texas Motor Speedway, which is about 33 miles from where I lived at the time through driving through downtown Fort Worth. And there's no way I can make the commitment. You know, I have taken the, the past master's degree and I have, listen intently to that charge at the end of that degree. Um, so, you know, I, I don't, I take seriously my commitments and, and kind of try to keep my word as best I can. And so with that, um, I just knew that that wasn't going to be a, a model that was going to make me successful. So the York right gave me that. Plus, you know, at that point in time, uh, 23, 25 years ago, the only way you could learn to confer degrees would be to sit with a, a someone that knew the work, right? And so right. You, you had to have that commitment of time, but the York Rite has plain English rituals and you can learn your part and you can read the ritual back and, and you can get more, um, I don't know, that's always been, been my companion while I've been studying, so. Yeah. Yes. It so do you want, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. I, I was just gonna say that's always been it's a it's a it's a two edged sword having the the plain text because it it makes it very convenient to learn it. However, it also makes it probably too convenient to just use it as a as a as a uh, an aid as a crutch. To, as a crutch. That's, yeah. that's one of our that's one of our next that's one of our next questions. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, 
but 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 going back to that strong support group that but with that those standards you know hey you can use the book about three times but you need to learn how to memorize this mm-hmm. you know right you've only got, you've only got three lines dude Right, right. You know, it's it's, and there's only four color. There's only you know a few colors there, and so, but uh, but we we were learning it all, and and you know, so that makes us very. When we come to Arlington, hopefully, we our chapter in our council and our commandery. If you ever visit us, is very 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 laid back, and and one time or two, we we Monday and Wednesday nights, our Blue Lodge um, has a teaching committee. And while our candidates are going through their interdependence, bellacraft, and master masons proficiencies, they come in and from seven to nine, they overlap on Monday nights with our York Rite bodies meeting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember one, once more than once there were the, there was this EA of this fellowcraft that's in our lodge, and he's like seeing all of us at different degrees and you know kind of putting trying to put all the dots together, and he says. I don't know what you guys do in the York Rite, the chapter of the council, the commandery, but you guys walk out of that meeting and y'all are all laughing and having fun and you have so much energy and you have a smile on your face. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, there's a concept of being, you know, fellow or knights and being kind of having this extra stuff going on. But I said at the same time, there's so much, go- there's so many degrees. It takes, we have to be inspected every year. We're constantly around each other. Um, studying and practicing and and going through the ritual i said if we didn't love each other that much and we didn't like each other we'd probably hurt each other so yeah, we, right. we, we, I mean, we chose them to i mean you already got swords in your hand so it could only go it, it, yeah and yes. draw swords yes. most of the time yeah and, and 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 things that could hurt you a lot yes yeah. <laughs> i uh i wanted to make a comment uh about what you said about the uh the eas and the crafts seeing the york right brothers coming out uh, companions, technically, they're coming out and, and making a favorable impression. I think that's great. Um, I, I also want to say that something that I have been trying, granted, York Rat's not for everybody. I, I understand that, but it's such a natural extension of the degrees that you already receive. It, it's very logical to continue with that. And so where I'm going with this is is I, I try to make it seem as though that's just the progression. That's where you go. It doesn't stop just at Master Mason at Hillsborough Lodge. Once you once you turn your master's work, it should, it's assumed that you're just going to move on and, and go through chapter and council. We don't have a commandery right now, but at least at least through chapter and council and commandery somewhere. If that if that's interesting to you, um, just because I think it's so valuable, and and it should just be. At least in my mind, it, it shouldn't be. I, I see the things you guys are doing. It should be more like I'm really looking forward to to participating in that because it looks like a lot of fun. And so I I think to add to that, I I do visit Blue Lodges. I've been accused here lately of you know that I've forgotten how to get there, look those up on the internet. But but I I, I do attend Blue Lodge, and and I've been doing this for 20 years. I've been able to travel with my job. Uh, especially within Texas and been at different size lodges, you know, different, different um, rural, suburban, urban. And, you know, sometimes you're in a, a pro York, right. York, right. Friendly um, situation. Sometimes you're, you're not. 
And mm -hmm. so I, I, I always, but I always want to start that conversation because, you know, we are, you know, you know, we, we are able to recruit once you are a master mason yeah, yeah. to recruit you into that. That. And that is the benefit of your crowds. We can, we can pick and choose. And so many times I've, I've, uh, walked up to somebody probably close to, as close as possible to my age, you know, at, at one of these meetings and made sure that I, I kind of had a one-on-one -on -one conversation with them. And I said, Hey, so are, are you, are you a member of the chapter council commander? And they'll kind of look at me. And I go, the York right. And, and I think that's part of that's, you know, somewhere in these other questions that we have, but mm -hmm. that's part of the problem. Just kind of understanding how it all fits together as a, you know, or, or how you make it look right on the Rubik's cube. But, yeah. but, um, so I've asked them that and, and they'll kind of, kind of lean back, kind of step back away from me usually because they're kind of trying to gather their thoughts or I've said something that kind of is they want to go into offensive posture. Mm -hmm. And and so many right. times they'll kind of stuff their hands down in their pants and kind of, you know, get all kind of uncomfortable. Like, well, I'm trying to learn my York right right now. I mean, I'm trying to learn my Blue Lodge better right now. Mm -hmm. And and, I, and I'm kind of like, well, those of us that are in especially the chapter, we understand how that so fits so nicely. Um, yeah. Those four degrees, you know, one of the things that I wanted to make sure I mentioned tonight on this on this uh, this recording uh, is that in the chapter there's four degrees, and until about the last third, you're called brother the whole way. You're a master mason mm -hmm. seeking a certain journey, a certain level of Masonic improvement. Uh, to, to, to use all the right phrases, <laughs> an outside salesman. So I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know, you you you're always looking to improve yourself and and not just get excited, whatever they're wanting to do in Freemasonry. Mm -hmm. You know, if they're as long as they're seeking out something, and we'll go into that a little bit more about my my desire and just what I've really in the last five years or so what I've started enjoying on top of being an active Mason, being at degree work, um, being at different events, mm -hmm. but, but really the, the true pursuit and seeking of symbolism in a very educational kind of interpretive way. We'll talk more about that. Well, you, you never hear like when you're teaching, someone's going through the first three degrees, they never received their fellow craft degree, for example, and this, the mentor tries to sit down with him and he says, I'm really just trying to take some time to soak in this fellow crap before I move on to something else. No, no, you, you know, that's your, that's, that's your responsibility. You're supposed to learn your work and, and, and move on. But when they get their masters and turn that in, I really want to sit here and just soak in the masters before I move on to something else. Well, I mean, if, if, if you're going to work for like a certificate or if you, you got some books you want to study or something, I understand that, but that's not the, that's, that's the exception, not the rule. And the, the, like the rule arch in particular, it's, it's, it ties in so much. I mean, it's, you're leaving your degrees unfinished. Well, so, you, you haven't finished your, your fellow craft degree unless you're a Mark Master Mason. <laughs> and, and actually, you know, something that I think we, in our, our preamble discussions to this recording tonight, you know, we there there was a time I've been told by English uh, companions that the 
they actually conferred the Mark Master in between the Fellow Craft and the Mark Master's degree in the last hundred years in England. The, the, there, were, there, were, there were men in their 70s and 80s that I was on a, on a uh, Zoom meeting mm-hmm. that I was privileged to be a part of. And they were talking about the Mark Master's degree that night. And, and, and they said, hey, well, re- remember back in the day. So they and got it between their fellow craft and their masters? Yeah. Because okay. the because the United Grand Lodge of England Supreme the Supreme Chapter, Royal Arts Chapter, and the Mark Masters Lodge are so integrated in in Freemasons Hall in London. Interesting. Uh, so and and yeah, I mean there are changes every now and then in Masonry. Oh yeah. That's shocking. Freemasonry, I know they're shocking, but every yeah. now and then. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's very interesting. I, I never heard that. I, I heard that the Royal Arch was historically. Like, Don't you know, have that documented anywhere, but that was, you know, information that in in a in, a, in an online electronic conversation. Well, uh, yeah, I mean it's not documented, but if you're talking to people that have actually gone through it, I mean that's. Yeah, I see where you're coming from, but like that's all the proof you need right there is if you actually have have associated with people that have, that have done it. Welcome back, Dennis. We were just wrapping Did up. You hear that? Huh? Did you hear that? Somebody calling me? Uh-uh. Oh, okay. You went like that all of a sudden, and it was somebody calling me. It, it was weird. It, and then it knocked me off for some reason. Hmm. I'm having a tether because uh, we have a cut fiber in the area, and so yeah. uh, all our internet is down. That reminds me of the 90s one. I get a phone call. I get kicked off the, off the internet. I know. That's what happens <laughs> when you live in the country. Jeff, uh, if you would, please. We always typically always ask brothers the strength of witnesses of fraternity. But uh, I would like to like laser focus in on, on to the uh, the York Bright side. So if you would tell us, what do you think the, the strengths of witnesses are of York Bright masonry in Texas? Well, we've already kind of talked about strength. I think I think for the young professional master mason, that is looking for uh, scalability in their participation in Freemasonry, uh, finding the right combination of chapter council and commandery membership, uh, and and being able to, um, even if you're not in an active, even if your chapter is not like kind of like Dennis, you're displaced or something else, you still have that ritual book. And, and that's in plain English mm-hmm. and you can open it up and there are some most beautiful parts. I mean, so for me, I think the strength is, is in kind of the hidden secret, the hidden gem or jewel is the full form opening of a Royal Arch chapter in the state of Texas in the grand Royal Arch chapter yes. system of Texas. It is one of the most yes. beautiful thing with, with uh, the rehearsal of duties and the, and talking about the veils and mm-hmm. the, and just all the symbolism that's just packed into about 10 minutes of your life once a month or yeah. more. Uh, you know, I've been blessed that I've, I've gotten the opportunity because of my work to travel and see probably when I started, there were probably a little over 90 active Royal Arch chapters in the state of Texas. And I've gotten to see uh, a multitude of those open. I've been to about probably about 65 of those in person. And uh, and actually seeing the opening ceremony in, in different places. And sometimes whenever they're normally opening with five, which is 
there's two different formats as we as we know mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and i think justin's been a part of me kind of being the high priest and me kind of getting there a few minutes early before the meeting and kind of encouraging him to let's do it in full as full a form as possible mm-hmm. and and even if we have to read a little bit more than we would like to or have one person that knows the parts do do more of it um this will probably get me in trouble but but you know i i i want i want that put out there especially for those couple of you know those companions that went to a festival and didn't see that and and all those type of things so yeah i think that's that's the strength i think the weakness is is we 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 we're always about i mean even back in the heyday um the weakness is is we have 250,000 masons in texas at one point in time in in the last hundred years and we had 25,000 you know chapter and council members and if you go back and, and I've actually got a copy of the demise chapters mm-hmm. and a lot of them went away right, right between World War One and World War Two. Great Depression. But actually in the 20s, there was a big surge like 1900 to like 1918, 20. And then they just didn't have the staying power. And, and, and so it, 100 years ago, there was just as many demises and mergers and things going on probably percentage wise uh, as we have now so you know sometimes we we, we forget lest we forget you know type thing mm-hmm. but but i think um you know i i, I think maybe that we just ha- don't have in the chapter especially um well there's a lot of work there's nine you know there's nine different degrees there's three different bodies which is, you know, that's kind of a weakness in itself. There's a lot going on there, but it's a strength in itself. You know, hey, find, find something that you like. I mean, you know, you don't have to be involved. You know, I think another weakness or a myth, I would say, I would say myth. I think this is more of a myth that I can't be a, I can't be a Knights Templar or an active member of my commandery because I don't, I don't want to spend the, the time or the money or whatever to, to buy that, that chapeau or that dress that, you know, the um, the uniform, uniform that, or yeah. if they if they do the the capes and everything, you know, I can't do all that. Well, here's a little secret. There's two degree. There's three. There's three orders. So two of them, um, the commander usually provides you with the costume for the order of the uh, the order of the Royal uh, Red Cross and the Order of Malta. Mm-hmm. And those are parts which guess what? Again. They're written in plain English and they're right there for you to memorize and learn. And then, you know, go to a practice or before the conferral happens, get with somebody who can help you uh, go through a little bit of the uh, the floor work. And, you know, when to stand up, when to draw your sword, when to walk over here, you know, when when to grab this prop or whatever. And and it's a beautiful thing. You know, I mean, it's just kind of like being in our Scottish rites. Whenever you're active in those those degrees and you're, you know, you're, you're pulled in the 22nd degree and maybe you've never seen it before. Mm-hmm. But uh, but you throw in a costume and and make it happen and and there's that camaraderie that comes with that. I think that's another one of our strengths. I, th- I think our companionship. You know, we're already master masons. You've already been kind of vetted, and now it's like okay, you've you've kind of proven yourself a- as an individual, and now you get to walk into a chapter council and commandery, and everybody already kind of accepts you. You know, mm-hmm. people aren't kind of like going, hmm, who is this? Who is this guy? And, you know, who are you and where did you come from? I get that a lot when I, when I travel. <laughs> so, so, yeah. And, and of course, so, uh, I know who I am. Yeah. 
so you know I, I think in some way in the overall picture there's a strength in the small close knit chapters council commandery the York right bodies that we have around mm-hmm. the state and experience and there's a weakness in that you know that if, if I've seen it here recently in the last five years or so there's been a turnover of the, this this particular gentleman, you know, companion, conferred all the degrees, knew all the work, and was the kind of the leader in that, but he didn't train somebody else, or he did, and they didn't stick. You know, I mean, it just happens, right? And and you've got to figure out how to kind of pull yourself back together, and, you know, and, and I'm proud of you guys in Hillsborough Chapter and Council of of your your resurgence and your renaissance that y'all are going through, and, you know, I've, I've I've seen y'all, you know, we've, my chapter Arlington, along with Texas and CMRC, we, we've helped support you and your candidates. How many have y'all brought in this year so far? Or, you year? know, in the last, let's just say last 24 months. Y'all, I mean, have, and we've uh, done a lot of individual degrees with you. Uh, yeah, several went to McKinney. I want to think we did about five so far this year, maybe six. But, I'm, but it's but hard I remember, to say because we've got a few in the pipeline too. But I'm talking about the ones that went through back in the spring. Y'all had what three or four there? Yeah, you had those guys, yeah. and then about, and then uh, back in the fall, Temple. yeah, like yeah. back in, yeah, and then, um, yeah, whenever we were coming down to Fort Worth and doing doing the Royal Arch, I know there was three to four of them. We usually we usually have enough to open full form now, and yeah, we got we got several other people that are interested that will be petitioning, so and, it's it's growing. And you know, and, and I came what I came and spoke spoke to you guys what in July. August yep. somewhere in there, Thank you, and and and, and uh, get, gave a presentation I think on the veils that night, mm-hmm. and uh, and and so um, and about five of the five or six people that were there sat on the sideline. There were York Bride Masons now because we just did it like an open, like a where anybody could sit in. I think it was we had mm-hmm. we had interested members okay sit in and listen. I think. Maybe I'm getting. Mm-hmm. I, I think that was another one. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think so. Maybe. But but no, my but you guys had a you had you had people that were younger than me there, you know, and I'm 50, so so it was really great. It was, yeah, I, I really, you know, and, and so you're you're one of the people that if somebody was like, how do we how do we turn our battleship around, you know, the U, the uh, the the USS um, Royal Arch chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I think that's part of it. You know, I, I don't think that, that leadership needs to be a title and look at me and and look at all look at all the things that I've I've achieved. Um, there's there's one prominent Mason that one day I was kind of picking at him. He's internationally known Mason, uh, and I was picking at him. He said, "Well, Jeff, if you've been around for as long as I have, and and you were a nice guy, hopefully you'd get a few honors here and there." And so it was, it was a very uh, sobering thing. So, um, but I think, I think that, that overall, I think also the, the uh, kind of overall in the fraternity, I think there's a, 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 there's something missing. I think we have, you know, I've heard the Scottish Rite, which I love, mm-hmm. love my Fort Worth Scottish Rite, love being, been to San Antonio, been to, uh, Austin Scottish Rite meetings and and to Dallas and traveled out of state and love it. But Scottish Rite having 29 degrees is also kind of one of those a lot of information there. Yeah. Morals and dogmas, bridge to life, this, that, and the other. And 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 and, and 
it's really great. I mean, you know, we have a national organization that has a has a really strong research um, with one of our own Texas past masters, Arturo De Hoyas, leading leading a lot of that, along with Brent Morris, um, Bob Davis, and and Jim Tresher back in the day, and, yeah. and so on and so forth. But um, they, it's it's a little bit different, right? It's it's yeah. a little bit more scholarly. It's a little bit more academic. It's more research, and and it's kind of fine finely tuned. And so what I found, and and what you asked me to come do, Justin, at your your own chapter, is to really kind of bring more of a interpretation. Yeah. Like let's really, you know, I mean, just what you know, the whole thing behind me, the backdrop here of of the Ark of the Covenant with the uh, the mercy seat and the cherubim. And let's let's break all that down. And what does that mean to us? You know, at, at, from our own backgrounds, really, it's really not not even really teaching you Freemasonry. It's kind of teach, taking the symbol and and just enhancing or improving upon what you already knew about that, because each one of us. So so one time I was thinking about symbolism and I was very blessed to be in that lodge in Arlington. And we had people from different backgrounds. I grew up in East Texas. There's not a lot of different people from different backgrounds. I mean, you know, people are named Smith, Jones and Williams and and they and they're pretty much Baptist, Methodist or Church of Christ. Uh, and so whenever I got outside of the, my hometown and where I grew up, um, went to Arlington Lodge. One of my best friends, even to this day, talk to him all the time, is a, is a Jewish member of the lodge. Mm-hmm. And he and I started comparing kind of notes because I was so interested. I'd never really had a chance to to sit and just talk to someone who is in Judaism. Mm-hmm. And um, so that sparked something in me. And so I figured out one day he and I were talking and we were talking about this one symbol. I can't remember what it was, maybe a working tool or something like that. And, or I was interpreting something and, and I was coming from a very Christian, you know, Southern Baptist vacation Bible school, Bible study, uh, background, which, which is always what I'm going to be coming from. I mean, I can't get away from that, even if I study other disciplines and other world religions and things. Um, I, I still can't get away from that. And mm-hmm. he, he had a totally different take on it. He didn't, he had more of the traditional kind of Torah take on it, you know, and r- rabbinic kind of take on it. And, and it was so liberating for me. Yeah. I think that's whenever it really started for me of, wait a minute. But what I always, encourage you to do is this if you're going to talk about a symbol just take it up and put it on a blank altar take you know you can if you want to leave the the, the holy bible there the, the the volume of sacred law whatever you want to put on you know whatever you want to talk about you can leave that there but somewhere on that altar just put that symbol and then think about it kind of in your own imagination that there's four sides to that there's so there's four different interpretations of that that are all valid. Hmm. And so each one of us, the three of us, if we were sitting there and we put something on an altar or a triangle right in the middle and just turned off every light in the room, if you want to use your imagination and just had that spotlight that comes down over the altar shining on that, then each one of us would probably come from a little bit different angle to that. Yeah. You know? Oh, and, and that's the, that's the beauty of it. And, you know, that's why I think people in Texas gravitate to 
the York Rite bodies so quickly is because it does follow the path more so of the Judaism and, and Christianity. And so it's an easy transition to learn and understand. And, and you get it because you've grown up with that pretty much all your life. The, the Scottish Rite, it, it opens your eyes to a little bit of a different take on things and, and helps you to, to uh, realize that, you know, maybe, maybe we're not the only faith in the world that, that, you know, we shouldn't be so critical against other people because they're not the same faith or whatever. So I, I like that, but that's why, you know, I do see the value in both. And I do like the way that, that the York Rite um, follows that journey directly out of the blue lodge. That's, yeah. that's one of the reasons why I did it because, you know, I've been, I grew up a Christian. And so I, you know, did the same thing. I still belong to a Baptist church. You know, now I think a little bit differently than I used to. I'm not so dogmatic, but you're absolutely right. And, and what it's all about is us finding our, our way to God through all these different symbols. And, and because that's where it started with symbols. You know, it, it wasn't words from the beginning. It was symbols. And so we're trying to understand our path to God through symbolism and, and discussing with other brothers uh, in an intelligent manner on uh on what those symbols mean or what they could mean or what they may mean or whatever you know that's uh that's the beauty of freemasonry to me i'd also since he's coughing i'd also like to throw in that it's exciting right now <laughs> i'm going to take this opportunity that it's um it's exciting right now because you know we are seeing a you know the the york ride has always been affected by the the strength of the blue lodge because it's 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 a hometown kind of a of a thing scottish Rite is always the big temples the big you know uh cathedrals york Rite's always you know the small body within the lodges that's where it usually is performed and so over the years it's kind of had its struggles but now we're seeing a new resurgence of of members that are coming in mm -hmm. that the lodges are starting to get stronger in certain areas and so their York rights are starting to get stronger in those areas. Like in so, Seguin, so, they're going to have their first festival. In, yeah. in February, they're going to have their first festival. And that's it's beautiful that it's, it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and some of that is, is getting, you know, like we mentioned earlier, 27 district instructors, one to every district, mm -hmm. having someone on top of the six committee on work guys to kind of help encourage the improvement towards that standard of everybody opening up full form and everybody, you know, actually doing the program, you know, I mean, you know, actually yes. investing the time and the resources into the program yeah. and not just kind of showing up to make the meeting happen, pay the water bill, drink a cup of coffee or three, yeah. and then skedaddle as soon as somebody says, all right, we're adjourned. So, and, and so I think with that, the other thing that helped us was because we're locally controlled, not nationally, internationally controlled. Uh, there was a, a nice little thing that happened because the Grand Lodge of Texas, the Grand Royal Arts Chapter of Texas, and the Grand Council the Rolling Select Master of Texas were the only things for what about six months 
that you could join or be active in or go to or whatever. And, and when we were kind of in lockdown for COVID and everything, people were sitting like this and, and watching YouTube and they were watching the, you know, everybody was inviting them to these presentations through Facebook on, mm-hmm. on zoom. And so they got a lot more information individually kind of very laser focused and, and there was those resources there because they just frankly had a lot more time on their hands. And so a lot of that gravitated towards that. Um, and I think that's, I mean, we, we, we got close in the grand chapter and grand council of having a kind of net zero, not really a growth, but a net zero loss. I mean, it was like yeah, an actual that's a big deal. Sit still. It was like, right. a few, yeah. like, it was like, less than a percentage point or I think, or at least less than two or three points of, of a loss instead of it being like double digits. Nice. So because we've added back these 20 year olds and these 30 year olds and these 40 year olds and these 50 year old men. And, and, you know, we, we hope that they're going to be members for the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years of their lives yeah. because we love the York right. We love the chapter council commander. So, so some thoughts that I have based off just this conversation is it made me think back to when I first joined York Ride. Uh, I went to a it was a it was a it was a one day fourth festival. So I got everything, everything, even the commander, even commandery. Yes, everything. Day. And I was not not, a, not 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 three degrees on Friday night, and the other six Mm-mm. over over eight hours or nine hours. I was I, I was working I was working night shift, so I went through I went through all those degrees, and then uh, went right back to work. But I was really looking forward to going to chapter council. Like I looked forward to it for quite a while. And then I get there and everybody's just reading out of a book. No one knows any of the, any of the signs or anything like that. There's no business to really cover. I mean, they're, they're just opening and closing for the sake of keeping their charter just for the sake of, just for the sake of having it really. And uh, that, that made a, pretty negative impact on me right away uh, as far as my first impression outside of outside of the degrees and everything. And so that, that goes back to what you're saying. We have to do better. We have to, we have to know our work. Cause it's, uh, it's, I understand like we all, we've all used the book here and there. Right. But we have to get away from that as best we can. Cause it's not impressive. It's the opposite effect. Uh, and uh, at Hillsborough, what we do before we actually start opening because we'll go over the signs before we actually open. That way, we're not caught off guard. We're not trying to figure it out in the opening. Like we've already kind of gone through it. Um, but and you, you said- know, my, my my thing is is I encourage chapters and councils to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and and what I say is is I you know everything goes back to sports, right? Usually, if you're if you're a guy, you you always bring it back to something, right? Or or it could be hunting too. It could be hunting or whatever. You know, I mean, you're not going to go out you know, and, and, and try to take down your trophy, um, buck or, um, whatever you're hunting for, whether it be bow or rifle or pistol or whatever, without knowing how to use that weapon. Yeah. You're not gonna, you're not gonna go play around a golf or well, you, most people don't that want to be highly successful and be warmed up. Mm-hmm. You're not going to go without hitting some balls and, making some putts and maybe chipping, you know, getting a warm up in. Yeah. And so that's why would why why do we think that we can do that? Just roll out of the car straight 
straight from work and our business casual or, you know, and, and, you know, maybe, maybe Justin Schultz and rolling out of his, uh, his John Deere uh, or whatever. He's probably gonna get mad at me because I, I don't know the right. Oh, he doesn't listen. It's fine. <laughs> but, but, you know, he, him, him, crawling, <laughs> him crawling down from his, his, his tractor working, you know, daylight till dark mm-hmm. and then coming in his overalls or whatever, straight to, to the chapter meeting and not going over that. I mean, he, you know, I mean, same thing. I mean, right. I mean, you wouldn't operate a, a, a an expensive, you wouldn't operate something you cared about without going through and doing the right proper maintenance and kind of the right setup and warming it up and things like that. And I think, I think, you know, we know all and these that's things. what it boils down to. That's what it all boils down to is if you care about it. That's, that's also why I haven't, you know, moved my membership down here yet because I want to have the time to invest in it. And next year I will, I'll be a lot, I'll have a lot more time. So that's when I'm planning on jumping into the York right down here. But, you know, you've got to care about it to be successful at it. Absolutely. But maybe nobody's ever explained it to you properly either. Nobody's ever kind of encouraged you really. You know, maybe they just asked right. you to join, but they didn't really, you know, it's, it's past mentorship. It's kind of just, you know, one of the cool things that we did here recently when we had, we had three of them in person. Uh, and then we, we did three of them online. Our grand chapter under David Baskin, where he's our grand high priest, had these things called rallies. And, and I was a part of uh, putting those together and, and, and had a segment, but it's not, it's not about me. It's more mm-hmm. about Chris Livingston out of uh, George Washington chapter up in Richardson, North Dallas. He had a, let me tell you the five reasons that you should be a Royal Arch Mason because we, we were allowed, you know, master Masons to come to those, those, those events. And so, right. One of them was, and I'll, and I'll probably get the number wrong, but let's, it was either 29 or 39 different organizations that once you're a, you're a Royal Arch companion, you're, you're, legal to either be to go ask part to join, of or, yes. or you can you can go ask to join like the council the council and the and the commandery being the immediate two um there's a few others but even and including amd like, and those are yeah. invitational but but you would have access to if you're a royal arch mason knight masons allied masonic degrees you know, we don't need to say the acronyms, Dennis, because that's that's part right. of our problem in New York, right? We are just all that's that's true. That's true. These big sweeping terms and nobody night masons, which <clears throat> we all know where the greatest night mason council is located at. Well, we'll just get this out of the way while we're talking about night masons. Since I brought it up, well, Justin and I know that it's in Hillsboro, Texas, twice. <laughs> Frank G. McDonald, number ninety-seven, is the is is the best one. Yes, sir. So, Yes, sir. Um, Except no substitute. <laughs> but but with all the chair degrees and, 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 and all the things that, you know, if you're not a Royal Arch Companion in good standing, you can't be in the Red Cross of Constantine, which is an invitation. Right. You can't be in, um, I'm trying to think of, well, you, you can't be in the York Rock College. Yeah. You can't be a, a, a member, of, you can't be a, a Knight York Cross of Honor. And, and all these things. And, and, and so if anybody's interested that's listening to this, I mean, yorkright.org would have all these mm-hmm. invitational and dependent bodies on top of, of uh, and there's, you know, there, and also with my travels, uh, always focusing on, especially since about 2018 or so, 
going through chapters. I've been in multiple chapters in different states. And sometimes I haven't seen a lot of degree work, but I've had a lot of conversations with other companions in those grand jurisdictions. Mm -hmm. And the diversity of what we have as far as the rural arch system goes in the U.S., Canada, and in the U.K., it is it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the, 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 it, I'll start talking about a degree and I'll get into a specific little section of a degree and we'll be talking about like, Oh no, no, we don't even do it like that. I'm like, what, what, How? you know, it's not the same. And so for me, there's a, 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 just a insatiable desire, um, a zeal and, and a fervency is, is, is in me about the chapter because there's so many different influences that go into it. Yeah. with uh, Smith, Preston Webb, all those guys that I guess it was in the 1700s that took their version of the Blue Lodge ritual and kind of went from coast to coast and, and kind of populated that within so many of the, the grand jurisdictions. Mm-hmm. It's not that way. I mean, I can even look at our Mark Master's degree without going into it and some of the research that I've done and some of the conversations I've had with, with, with companions over in England. And, and I can see traces of the Irish system as well as the Scottish system with a little bit of sprinkle of the English yeah. of what they do. And so um, it's just different. And I, I, I guess that's what, you know, going back to that reality compared to expectations, um, I really, I really was taken whenever um, I would, I did a festival, like I said, back in 2000 and I'd never seen anything anything in 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 any degree I, by that time i had taken about five different fraternal order degrees mm-hmm. and uh wa- watched the mark masters degree in texas and it was nothing like anything i'd ever seen in my life see. it was it was it was wholly other and i was like ooh, i like this this is this is my home from now on to close out my point about masonic education not not ritualistic degree practice, not learning the right thing to say in the right part of the carpet or, 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 you know, and those type of things and pronunciations and stuff. I'm talking about like truly studying. Some, the real esoteric. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and maybe extra exoteric, esoteric, you know, the different levels and really like kind of, it, it may sound a little weird to some people, but really that kind of let your mind go, go and flow and, and go with the vibe. You know, I mean, I, I always say that I'm probably one of the most conservative bohemian hippies that I, that I've met today. <laughs> and, 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 and in yes. that, I mean that, that I really kind of draw off of that spirit of things, hmm. you know, that, that really allowing myself to kind of open up my mind and try to get rid of all this distraction and all this clutter and, and, and kind of like you would if you were going into the Holy of Holies and just kind of focusing on that one thing. And, and so, I, you know, I think that's what we're missing. I think, you know, not everybody can do that. Not everybody wants to do that. I get it. But there's a lot more of kind of the 50 and under crowd, the 60, 60 and under crowd. They're that, starting to. Yeah. They, they, they grew up in a certain way of the education system. You know, and then there's those of us that grew up in the in, in the Baptist church, and we were we were encouraged to do that a lot. If you 
attended Bible study and you went through Sunday school and you, you went to vacation mm-hmm. Bible school. There's symbols in that like left and right, because you know what I figured out is I love symbolism because I didn't come from that. Probably if I'd have been in a Greek Orthodox or Roman, you know, Catholicism or something where there's so much imagery and everything mm-hmm. where the Baptist church is kind of the opposite. And we have to use the the imagery out of the Bible and, and the, and the stories out of the Bible, you know, Noah's Ark and, and, you know, we didn't talk a lot about King Solomon's temple, but all, all the different symbols that are there in the Old Testament and the New Testament. So I think that's what I, I would love to see more of like just kind of a, I would like to say junior high, high school level of focus and, you know, not make it so complicated and just kind of straightforward. Just, just people say, so what, what can I go read? Uh, you're, you're telling me, you're encouraging me. I'm inspired, Jeff. I go, just go back and read your ritual. Just go back and read it like a book. Mm-hmm. And then take the Bible and then have your favorite version of the Bible right next to it. And then have another, then have another interpretation and another one. And then maybe go find some, some Judaism references. Don't, I know it sounds bad, maybe some people, but don't go back in and, and everything's already been written in the last couple of hundred years about the Royal Arch chapter. You can read some of that stuff, but go find it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't rely on others to hand it to you. Even if, even if it's something, a study guide or something, I, I've been blessed to be um, kind of commissioned to write different short talks and, and do things. And I, I still, you know, want people to think on their own yeah. and, and really feel it. Yes. And really go after yes. It. Truly, you know, I mean, I've been I've been in this situation with both of you. One I was leading because Justin asked me to. Uh, the other one, Dennis and I, like within the last couple of months, was down in San Antonio the CME, the Continuing Masonic Education, um, with, with all those great guys there. And uh, I really felt at home both places. Yeah. And there was a real true sense of people wanting to know more and wanting to kind of open themselves up to why am I here and what's being taught me. Right. Yeah. Well, at this point, um, I'd like to just go into just final thoughts. So if there's anything... Any thoughts based on what we talked about or just anything else that you that you maybe wanted to uh, just convey before we before we wrap things up? Uh, Jeff, is there anything on your mind? Always something on my mind. Um, <laughs> I just want to encourage people wherever they're at to enjoy their Freemasonry. I think so many times we get into whether it be through Facebook or face-to-face interactions or whatever. And a lot of times what I hold dear and what I, we kind of talked about it earlier, what I prioritize is maybe not what you prioritize and, and let's find our common ground and let's find those. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and I think that's the weakness that we have right now in masonry. It's like we walk around and we go, this is the way I do it. And it's the only way it can be done. And there's a lot of um, maturity and and kind of minimizing your own ego to say, wow, I don't really understand why you do that. Maybe I'm not personally down with that. But and, and, and as you and I think as you travel, that would be my other thing is as you travel and you have the opportunity. I have uh, it, 18 it expands. States. Yeah. Yeah. I have, you know, and, and so I, they go to, they do other things in other States that the grand lodge of Texas, the grand Royal, you know, all, all of our grand jurisdictions here and the different groups that the three of us are members of, 
we wouldn't feel comfortable mm-hmm. with what they do. Do I walk in there and say that they're doing it wrong? No. Have I been have I been in like situations where I've seen the degrees that you and I call the same things and they don't even call it like Bellacraft. They call it the second degree. They, I mean, it's such a di- but I love it. You know, I, I love seeing those differences and those nuances. Um, and I'm trying not to say everything that's rolling through my head, all the examples of, of what I've seen <laughs> in person. But, you know, I've been blessed to do that. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, you know, if you're if you're not able to do something like that in, in you know, what I call Masonic road tripping is uh, is is maybe find an outlet for that. And, and it'll help you expand what you do in your own circle, your local circle, and, it, and it'll help you just become a better Mason. I think that's so going back to the Scottish right, York right debate. Um, the, the other thing would be, you know, people are always like, well, which one should I join? Now, which one should you join first? And so I've already kind of referenced him. He's, he's uh, a good buddy of mine, Bob Davis. Or at least I th- he's a good buddy of mine. I don't know if I'm a good buddy of his or not, a friend of his. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I heard him on a pod- I heard him on a podcast probably right as we we're going into the pandemic, or right as we were in it, 2019-20, about two years ago, three years ago, and he talked about um, the the concept that he's come up with. I think in the last few years, maybe been longer. I've just been listening to him for the last three years or so um, of being a complete mason, and so just like the triangle that you see in the chapter, the council, and in the commandery. You know, you've got three things there that need to be in balance to really understand the full story and to have enough information and enough symbolism that kind of layers itself and weaves itself together. You know, you don't you don't just have one color thread to make a tapestry or two. You can, but it it doesn't have the beauty, you know, I mean right. It doesn't have the depth. Yeah. So think about it. You know, I mean, when you're talking maybe to a master Mason about these other two rites, you know, God, God gave us, you know, more than just one color. Gave us a whole rainbow of them, right? Mm -hmm. Gives a whole array of them. And so, you know, and I think we've been blessed as Freemasons in the modern times that we have access to all these degrees and we can learn something. and, And the way you learn more, about the degree that you just took or you took 20 years ago is you go and watch another degree. And then all of a sudden you go, Oh, wait a minute. I see that now. Mm -hmm. I learned more about the EA and the fellow craft when I'm doing chapter and council work than, (laughs) than I do if I'd have gone and studied the EA and the fellow craft. Yeah. I understand what you mean. Sure. All right. I think, I think that kind of covers my, my, uh, my comments there. I love it. I love it. I guess we'll let Dennis say something. No, you can go ahead. I've no, got no, no. No, no, no. You might not get a chance. No, no, no. Go ahead. It's fine. Okay. So I'd like to piggyback on that same thought because I, I agree. I wholeheartedly agree that my goal in life is to see as many degrees as possible within my lifetime. I want to see it played out as much as I can so that I can build this picture in my mind and in my spirit of of what Freemasonry is and what our journey is. Because that's what it's all for is to create this this um, this spirit 
to where we are ready to meet our maker. So I want to see as many degrees as possible so that I have every every bit of fruit that this that this world has to offer for me to to enjoy um in my short time that I have on this earth. You know, that's we're we're all we're all, you know, doomed to time, right? We're all we're all gonna die. It's it's a simple fact. That's what Freemasonry tells us is we only have so much time in life. It's our biggest asset. So in that time, I want to make the best use of it possible by doing as many degrees, learning as many degrees, and then digging into those degrees as possible to, to truly understand what the ancients were trying to tell us, what even the new the new the brothers of today are trying to say. You know, because everybody has valid input based on their experiences and through those experiences I, it might just strike a chord in me to think think a new way because I, the last thing i want to do is be stuck in my own way and get it wrong you know that's that's the that's the the tragedy of of being closed-minded is being stuck in my own way not learning something more and and then at the end of the day figuring out oh all this time i had it wrong and you know so i i wholeheartedly agree that we need to travel we need to expand ourselves and and be open to uh the lessons of the day and and uh take them for what it is and not uh what somebody tells us it should be because you know it, while it's good to learn from people we can't draw our own conclusions based on somebody else's um, opinion because their truth is different from ours. I grew up in a different way than, than you did and what Justin did. And so we could all see the same um, catechism and see something completely different in that catechism. So for me to let somebody else tell me what it means and think that that's the only way it is, that's I'm just doing a disservice to me. And then it's a disservice for me to tell somebody else this is the only way it is. You know, I believe that we should all embrace the the uh, the differences that we have because that's what that's what that's what Freemasonry is all about is is our commonality is our differences. So we're able to come together and have these discussions that nobody else can have. There's too many people on the right and left that are on these far sides and, and they're afraid to come together and they'll never find a solution because they're too busy focused on their own side. But if we, if we look at our commonalities instead of looking at our, at our differences, then we can come to a better conclusion for us all. I also believe that, like you were stating earlier, the young guys of today you know, they grew up in a in an information age. And, you know, now we're at a we're in a generation now that has started from birth to coming of age to be a Mason that has had a cell phone in their hand the whole time. They've had all this technology available to them, all this information available to them. But what they haven't had necessarily is the spiritual life that we had back in the day. When we, when we had more conversations, you know, 
kids of today are searching for that connectivity with each other, with people, with humans, and and they're wanting to explore the the different faiths of the of the world that they may not have had in 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 their home. You know, so many people are busy doing a hundred different things these days, and we just don't go to church like we used to. And well, a lot of Masons do, but you know what I'm saying, the general public, they're just not going to church like they used to. And so these young guys are coming in wanting to learn this information. They're, they're sponges and they're wanting to learn. So if we don't offer that to them, if we don't give them that, that experience that they're looking for and be willing to have those conversations, we'll lose them. And I think that right now we're in a day that more people like yourself, Jeff and, and Justin, and, and so many more, so many more are feeling the same way and saying, let's be that mentor. Let's be that friend. Let's be that brother that, that harnesses that energy and, and, and helps that brother along and supports that brother. Let's be their cheerleader. Let's, let's, Let's encourage them to do all that they can do in Freemason, whereas in the past, it wasn't all that way. So I think we're in a unique time to where we're fixing to see some great changes in Freemasonry right. and, and not changes to the detriment, but changes in focusing on the, the history, focusing on the catechism and, and uh, so forth to where you know, we can we can come to a better realization of where we are today. And I think that York York Wright just absolutely, absolutely is a must do for anybody. I I did it first thing out of, out of uh, blue lodge. That was the very first thing I did. And, and I loved it. There, there is no better degree that, that I've ever had um, or no better set of degrees that I've ever had than seeing, um, seeing our our grand chaplain go through and and spit out all the different knowledge that he knows you know god bless him he, david rogers can a monologue and for he, an absurdly long amount of time oh he, like the yeah things, the things he has in his memory yes, and he, is ridiculous yes but, and, but at the same time he's taking i got the, the last 40 years of his life to enact that like eight times a week <laughs> so, yeah, so, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, and and, and he, he, but he loves it. I mean, and and that's part of my recent kind of explosion of of love in the chapter. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's just a reflection off of David. Oh, but anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. Easy to say yes. He's a great guy. Most most worshipful Rogers is a Texas yes. Masonic treasure. Right, right, worshipful Rogers. He, right, worshipful. Right, oh my God, right, worshipful. Yes, Rogers. right, worshipful. Is a Texas he is, treasure. He is, a, he is a treasure and a beloved friend. I love him to death, and he knows it. You know, he's one of the few people in this world that you know. No matter where I am, I'll just—it's a bear hug. I I love him, and he loves my family. And that's that's great. So he was he was present at, at my degrees, and it made that kind of an impact on me. I want to be that kind of an impact for somebody else, so that they remember twenty, thirty years later that. He was in my degree, and he loved it. You could tell he loved it. He, it meant something to him when he portrayed that 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 character. I want to be that same kind of mentor and and person to look to as as the David Rogers out there. The 
the final thought is that it's it's great that we're seeing the the resurgence of of so many of these chapter councils and uh, commanderies starting to take the work more seriously and and pushing forward for a and, and taking it into their own hands instead of waiting for a festival to come around, mm-hmm. they're deciding, hey, why aren't we putting together a festival? Why aren't we the ones doing it? Well, and so we're having it done. So- within one month, kind of in reverse, we, we had the Order of the Temple conferred outdoors in West Texas. I yes. saw pictures. I wait till next year. And then, and then at the end of this month, if you are uh, a Master Mason and you do want to petition a chapter and a council. You can come to almost Louisiana, uh, kind of over between Carthage and Henderson Tatum, uh, way over in East Texas yep. where I grew up, and and go to a scout ranch and see um, all four chapter degrees and the two council degrees at each individual campsite. Oh, very cool. Appropriate. David Rogers leads that along with Claude Hammond. And, but but uh, are they going to have Ricky Cox on a horse? Because that's what made those commands. Well, probably you, don't horse, <laughs> you don't need a horse unless you're doing the Royal Arts degree. But but there are. Yeah, but we stage true. each. We stage each degree to where it makes sense during the time of the day, as well as the topic. You know, the geographic topographic right. area of that scout right. camp, which is on a lake. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 there's. There's usually, uh, without going into too much detail, we, we we do things at the chapel that would make sense to do at the chapel. I see. You know, yes. the the uh, we do things that would be the uh, especially the you know you can if you have if you're not in a lodge room you can walk around a lot more. So so the the uh, Royal Arch Sojourn is is uh, a little bit differently done. Yeah, you know, it's not it's not all right, right, right there on top of each other. Right, and that's the beauty of the day. Yeah. Today, we're in an age to where we're starting to do those kinds of things. We're trying to we're we're trying to make those experiences more meaningful for ourselves as well as everybody else. Mm-hmm. And and whereas that wasn't being done 10, 15 years ago, I, I can tell you for sure it was not being done 10, 15 years ago. We had, Claude Hammond says it's been fifty years between. About fifty years, five decades since we yes. had an outdoor festival yes. for the York right for the chapter council degrees. Because wow. Marshall yes. Marshall Chapter Council are the sponsoring group. Uh, they use their charter and they get a dispensation to move it to the Scout Ranch. Um, and and so yeah, I mean, same thing that we were talking about earlier, Dennis. Taking the traditions that we've had always and and how yes. we adapt them to today. Mm-hmm. And yes. and I think I see so much more of that going on. And and because people are supporting each other, people can talk to each other on Facebook. Yes, we can message. Yes. Each other. We can get on Zoom meetings, and we're right there together. And you know, on a, on a regular basis, here's Claude over here in in Longview and Marshall. Here's you know another guy in Laredo, another guy in McAllen, another guy in Wichita Falls. You probably know who I'm talking about. All these guys, uh, oh, Austin, yeah. San Antonio, oh, yeah. and and, well, and we can all be sitting on the same level. People and, and, and people people are looking on social media now, right? And it's one thing to go through some commander degrees <clears throat> and and post like a picture at the end, right? Like here's everybody that went to the degrees, it's a great time. But it's a whole other level when you're doing it outdoors and you got like I mean, there's some really good pictures from like that that one of West Texas you're talking about. Like like I mean, I talk I mentioned Ricky Cox on horse. I mean, 
very picturesque. But there was also like the the brothers around the I guess they're around the altar or something. It was like looking up and and just the scenery and everything. That if from from the outside looking in as a non Mason, I mean, seeing a bunch of guys just standing in a room is one thing, but seeing something like that, that's completely different yes. level. So yeah, and taking, think it, about- taking it to this new environment and, and and exploring what we can do within the parameters of our degrees, uh, that's that's a big deal. We at last year at the outdoor festival, and it came out of necessity. The only thing that we they, they we had so many candidates over in that part of the state um, that wanted to take the York, you know, to take chapter and council degrees because that was the only thing you could do at that point in time in in twenty twenty was the first one. Yet last year was the second annual, and so the, this year's the third annual, and and so all the permissions were done and everything. And last year we had. And uh, the 2021 version of it, we had um, guys from Louisiana, Mississippi, and I think Arkansas attend. And then um, there were maybe upwards of two or three companions from El Paso chapter and council. Really they had cool. flown in across the state and then drove, drove you know, they did a, about an 11 hour Masonic road trip. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's a long haul, I can tell you. But but they won it recently. Yeah, it it was more about the the opportunity to take their degrees outdoors in this very special specialized event that's not cheapened. I mean, you've got some of the greatest ritualists um, in in the state of Texas Mm -hmm. uh, at at that event. So um, yes, and 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 that's that kind of stuff is just not going to stop as we move forward. And so. You know, it's it's not really changing anything. You know, going back to you know, I think there was a, you know, how could we? I think it's a you you said corrected here in one of your questions, but I think it's innovate. How can we take what we already do well and and just kind of uh, modernizing it? And not even the right word. I mean, I'm not I'm not an advocate. Let's let's confer everything on Zoom. Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody stay at home in there and and watch it. That you know. There's been but some other great jurisdictions. If you have a, you have a cool location nearby that would be suitable, get well, looking to get dispensation and doing a degree there or something. It, yeah, it, it, it adds variety. Yeah, so I know in Ohio, Central Ohio, I think it is, they confer the Mark Masters degree in a cave. They rent mm-hmm. out a cave, a, a cavern. I don't know if it's private or it's public. You know, we could do the same thing in Marble Falls mm-hmm. at uh, Longhorn. You know, if we could we could rent that out and there's some really there's actually a council room there um, that, that where yep. um, both Native Americans as well as outlaws used to hold court. <laughs> and uh, it's really cool if you've ever been. In I've that. been there. I've seen that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I saw that, I was with my my uh, scout troop. And I was be the perfect place for a Masonic degree. I mean, you know, yes. there's, there's all kinds of venues that we could take things and yeah. kind of take it on the road and, and heighten the experience. I mean, you dang, know, if you got a hilltop. Locally, but if you have access to it, do it on a hilltop. Yeah, that's 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 good, right? Um, well, it goes back to it goes back to back in the day when when you would see the the preacher take everybody down to the river to actually do the baptisms, or or if you lived by the ocean, you'd go to and have a oceanside service, and and everybody would do the baptisms there in the ocean. You know, it just adds that just little bit extra. Just that 
it, just that little bit extra that makes your hair stand up on end yeah. when when uh, when it comes time for for those special words to be said. So you I, know, it I just want to ask the every time educator in our group a question. I think I know the answer that I have, but I'll see what his answer is. What, what are the, how many types of learning are there, Justin? Three, four. Have, uh, what's the, like the major categories? Put me on the spot. You got you got visual, cognitive, audio, yeah, uh, tactile, like hands on, experiential, uh, experiential, yeah. Uh, so, in degree work, when you're the candidate and you're the audience at the same time. You know what I'm about to ask? Which one of those four she just named off has the most impact? Which one is the most substantial? I mean, I know my answer, but, and I know the way that when I've done those kind of yeah. testing type things, which way I learned the best. But, uh, well, I mean, me personally, I'm, I don't know, man. Like, like, like the experience, a lot of people are, are, are tactile. Like, actually going through experience makes a big difference. But uh, I was in a conversation with someone um, not long ago, and they made a point. I had never really thought about this. Your job isn't really to learn when you go into the degree; it's to experience. Uh, right. Me, me personally, me personally, the best way I learned everything was after my degree. I tied in my experience with what I was seeing visually at that point, like going, going and seeing other degrees, like another EA. It's like, oh, that's where I was, and that happened. That's that's what I'm saying at that point. And so I think it all ties together. I but think the, teaching, teaching the is the best. So when you're doing, when you're doing yeah. the degree. Yeah. When you're doing the degree, you know what's being said. You know what's going to be said after. You're mm -hmm. in the middle of that degree, and that's when you get the best experience, in my opinion. I, I love it. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's great. Though so, there is something to be said. The more senses you can get involved, the more you're going to learn and take away from it. Yeah. So, so a lot of times whenever I'm wanting to write new stuff or whatever, it's a great opportunity for me to go to a degree um, chapter council and I'm needing to, to put some stuff down on paper, just go sit on the sideline and just hold the book open mm -hmm. and just kind of just like I, like I talked about earlier, just let my mind go. You know, and I'm lucky enough to be in places where I'm not needed to jump in and do a part. Um, or if I am, I'm doing a real minor part. Yeah. So, um, you know, or, and, uh, so I can sit there and really, and, and sometimes whenever you get a chance to do like a junior deacon or something and you're sitting on one of the ends and you can kind of see the room in a different than the, from the sidelines, mm -hmm. you can, you know, you're on the, you're on the, the east or the west side of, of the scenes and everything and, um, getting to watch from sitting in the west in Arlington. Uh, appended by our West Lodge room and getting to watch the Royal Arch unfold in front of me like a movie. Yeah. Like I'm sitting in the audience at a theater in a movie and getting to watch it with kind of nobody else right there is, is really a unique experience. I enjoy that as well. Yeah. Well, didn't, yeah. Dennis, uh, I enjoy that as well. Did you have any other final thoughts? Just, uh, just that because we are going to be having these these degrees coming up, we've got a lot of them happening in, in the chapter council and uh, commandery. You know, if you need to get in touch with us to uh, to find out where those are, be feel free to do it. Um, all three of us know what's happening around the state. We're happy to help you in any way we can. Um, 
There's one that's going to be happening, like I said, in Seguin at Guadalupe Lodge, uh, the uh, chapter council and, and commandery. And we'll, we'll actually give you a link to that one. There's a web page you can go to to sign up for that and get a petition and, and go to that. But um, that's all I wanted to say is that, you know, if, if you're looking for that Freemasonry, we're, the, we're, we're, we're some of the guys that can help you find it. Yep. So feel free to to ask us. We're we're here for you. That's what we're and, here for. Nice. And there's not a Grand Lodge. Uh, if you if you're in a Grand Lodge jurisdiction in the in the U.S. that includes D.C. and Puerto Alaska. Rico. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, every, yeah, every every state and every every you know U.S. territory. There there's a Royal Arch chapter that goes yes. along with that. There. There's a couple of nuances where there's not a council and there are grand commanderies everywhere. And so, you know, if you're listening to this and, and you want to track us down, some of us sitting on this uh, recording might actually know some people in those states. Or yeah, we can we know help somebody. get there. And yes. so, yes. so, so it's not just the state of Texas that we can help. We, we can, um, it's, it's really cool how connected, even at the national level, that the York Ride is. Yes, it is. Yes. Well, I would just like to say that uh, I'll be echoing what you have both said. Uh, Your craft Freemasonry is really experiencing kind of a renaissance right now. It is. It is definitely is definitely trending more popular. And with with that being said, uh, I'll go back to what I said about my first experience, and that we as chapters and councils and commanderies have to be ready when we have new people to actually deliver just like in, just like in blue lodge, uh, we have to actually yes. be able to deliver on what we're promising. Don't assume just because they're already in Masons, they're just going to go along for the ride. If you're doing everything halfway, um, Jeff said something that was really, well, among many things, but something that really stuck out to me earlier is that I've, I've always personally been of the belief that, that one of the uh, weaknesses of York ride is that we have too many degrees and that, that we're expecting, Either either local lodges to to memorize everything and confirm or or wait on a festival, but as he pointed out, Scottish Rite has way more, and they do they do just fine and they thrive. And so it's not a, it's not a matter of how many degrees we have. It's a in my opinion, it's a matter of our approach. And I think something that that Jeff mentioned uh, as far as like a a more scholarly approach is, is probably worth reevaluating. Uh, I mean, it works very well for Scottish Rite, and we cover we cover different ground than Scottish Rite in most of our degrees. There's no reason why we can't start taking a more a more analytical approach and having our own ongoing Masonic education uh, from a York Rite perspective, um, and really and really branch that out and explore that, which it has been. But I would argue that maybe it hasn't been explored. And, and revisited quite as much as probably like Scottish Rite or maybe some other some other Masonic organizations. It's a lot more fun when you when you learn more about that degree when you do it because yeah. then it's a different experience. So you you're right on the money. I mean that that really plays a big part into it. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I would say scholarly academic is not really what I'm advocating, not to disagree with you. Mine would be more artistic. Mine would be more, you know. Well, right, right. More, more impressionistic yeah. and, and, and yes, just abstract. 
I, I don't, I really want us to get out of this or, or have a place for it. You know, I mean, everybody can do their masonry like they want to, mm-hmm. but, but have this place to where you really just focus on the essence. Yeah. You know, I mean, this weekend I get a, you know, we're going to have the barbecue cook off as part of Texas Masonic Family Day. And I'm also going to cook some chili for a cook off uh, for a social group that I'm a member of nice. uh, later on that later on on Saturday. So I'll probably, I'll probably see you Saturday then. I'll see you. I'm hoping to make it there. You might, you might see me Friday night if I, if, you, if you're there um, <laughs> in the pecan grove. But okay. um, but 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 you know the essence of making good chili is to get every one of those flavors integrated and in, and in, with that meat. Mm-hmm. And and you really can't do that if you're taking somebody else's thing that they wrote, kind of, and putting that all together, citing the right footnotes. And then, and, and you're not really just looking at this is the symbol. What do I, what do I feel? What do I think? What, what, what does that say to me? You yeah. know I mean? This kind of, right. it may sound really weird to some people, but this almost like meditative state, or if you've ever like listened to like Pink Floyd or, you know, other, other kind of bands like that, that just really have this like vision. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're right. wanting to kind of create within, yeah. within your own, in your own mind, heart, body. Well, that's the the symbol of the eye. You know, you're 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 trying to you're trying to you know get your mind's eye to see you know what what that symbol is trying to portray. Yeah. So yes, you definitely need to you know focus in and meditate a little bit and, and get to that Man. that real spiritual connection. Where's Chuck Dunning? We need him about. in here with this. Well, I, I think I think my newest symbol that I've been really meditating or contemplating on is the pot of incense, which is connected mm, both yes. within the master's mm. degree symbolism, but it's really forefront in, in the, in the role arch degree and within the chapter yeah. and, and really where that place is at. And so incense, when you burn it, just kind of consumes and that's the same thing I'm talking about, just kind of free flows everywhere. And, and, you know, you can smell it, you can feel it, you can see it, you can taste it. You can it. almost taste it. <laughs> you yeah, taste you're it. not supposed to. Well, it kind of, you know, <laughs> when, you got a beard like, when you got a beard like this, kind of. every, everything just kind of sticks in there. But, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where I think that's what we need to be striving for, is to have this kind of impact of this in, incense and the way it, it kind of, can, you know, in yeah, the process. submersive. Yeah, the submersive experience. Yeah, the point within a circle. Nice. <laughs> well, companions, this has been a very good interview, a very insightful conversation. Uh, Jeff, I excuse me. Thank you so much for for coming on tonight and uh, talking yes, with us. Uh, I know it's I know it's getting late, but uh, every time we have a conversation, I, I always learn something and. Uh, I, uh, I hope all the viewers got as much value out of listening to this as I did having the conversation. And uh, Dennis, thanks for coming, man. Thanks for coming. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to keep you straight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, companions and brothers. Thank you all again. Take care. Yes, keep sir. it between the points. I appreciate both of you guys. Thank between you so much for the opportunity. Appreciate you, Jeff. Yep. Thank Peace you. Peace be with us. On.